Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Apparently not. There we go. See, there we go. Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, see, <clears throat> it's always a crapshoot uh, whether or not the sound is on. Um, this is not just blowing smoke <laughs> again, again, and uh, I'm totally befuddled now, Dave. You have totally thrown me off my game. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. We'll just wing it. Um, it's all yeah. good. Welcome to Not Just Blowing Smoke. We're coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shops in in uh, Londonderry, New Hampshire, and uh, Saskatchewan, Canada. If you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube. I'm sorry. Just forgive forgive us, okay? If you're listening after the fact, you won't know what's going on because I'm going to force Dave to cut all this crap out mm-hmm. and have it go just the way it was supposed to go from the what? beginning. Uh, but it, no matter where you're listening, you know, whether you're listening on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, or wherever else you got the podcast from, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. We may miss putting on the audio, but you don't have to miss the show. Mm-hmm. Right, Dave? Yes. Yep. Yep. Very good. I'm Pastor Patron. I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat and Dave. We have Brett Bowersox here, who is from Aganor Leaf with us tonight. And we are smoking the Supreme Leaf Toro, the cigar that just dropped from Aganor Leaf just last week. It is a uh, uh, Nicaraguan Corojo wrapper, Nicaraguan binder filler. It's a... Six by fifty-two Toro. Yes, sir. And this is the sixth year they've done the Supreme Leaf release. I think. I believe this is the sixth release. Sixth release. Yeah. So some years there's been two releases annually. Some years there's only been one annually. I believe this year will probably just be one. Yes, correct. Last year there was only one release, and I believe this year there's only going to be one. Don't quote me on that. There may be a second, but I believe it's just going to be annually now. Okay. And this is the first time in that six releases that it has not been. A box press cigar. Yes, sir. So, so far we've had a box press Robusto, Toro, the Bellicoso, and then there was the Corona Gorda as well. Mm-hmm. There's been two iterations of the Robusto. There was a 52 and a 54. Now, have the blends all been the same for those? Yeah, both been 100% different? the same. 100% the same. Yep, blends 100% the same. So 100% on all that tobacco is grown on Agonorsis Farms yep. in Nicaragua. Hmm. Yeah, it's 100% tobacco from Agonorsis Leaf Farms. Okay. And um, where did the Supreme Leaf name come from? So, as far as I know, legend has it. Legend has that, uh, it. Again, I'm not a huge uh, pop clothing buff, but uh, apparently the clothing company called Supreme is where the idea came from, along with the kind of wacky color mm-hmm. combinations. Is that where the, 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 like the, uh, the text style came from, too? Is, that, is yeah. that from the clothing line? You are asking the wrong person, Pastor. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Couldn't fucking tell you. Do you know, Pat, you know everything about cigars. I, I would think Pat knows everything about uh, clothing. He might he have this should. one covered. He should with the furry bear shirt. That's the one thing I don't mm. know. I don't wear Supreme. 
shit. There you go. Wow. <laughs> uh, that'll be a, that'll be a question. Maybe maybe can you can you text Terrence? What? Have, have you ever seen how Terrence dresses? You think he has any idea? <laughs> Jake from State Farm? No one knows Jake, Jake from State Farm. <laughs> if you need help at Target, I'm sure yeah. Terrence can help you. Terrence yeah. from Aganorsa Farm. <laughs> how may I help you today? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, thank God he's a good sport. <laughs> Otherwise, the entire sales force would have been fired numerous times over at this point. So this has always been a limited release. Yeah, it's always you know, been a limited once, release. Once, twice a year year yeah something like that uh, how, how many of these do they actually produce so this production run was uh 2500 boxes 10 counts mm -hmm. it's gone up substantially from the very initial run from uh the original tpe show was right. only 510 count boxes of wow. the robusto well, it's doubled in size since yeah oh yeah substantially it's yeah. much more well from 500 to 2500 so oh yeah five volt increase in production and then some years we we're doing Ooh. releases twice a year so this year it's just gonna be once I'm just gonna you. stay quiet. <laughs> I don't know why I heard like it. Never mind. <laughs> Listen, it's gone up a lot. It's gone up a lot. Yeah. Still in the grand scheme it's of things, though, a, a very small production. The cigar's gotten a lot bigger since the original Robusto was released. <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. All right. No. <laughs> no. Could have. Could have. No. 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 <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the cigar, and then we'll talk about what we're pairing it with and, and all that in just a minute. Uh, Dave, do you want to dare talking about how, what you're getting from the cigar? Getting a lot of cream, um, some earth, and I just like the sweet spice that goes along with it, too. Mm. And the retrohale is real smooth. So a slight white pepper on the retrohale that just kind of lingers yeah. there. That's yep. about it. Yeah. Pat, what about you? Um, it's really creamy. It has kind of like a brown sugar sweetness to it. Um, it's kind of a white pepper. It was Cajun when I first lit it because you have the Corojo um, 99 mm -hmm. close like foot, close yeah. foot on it. I love then, that. Yeah. I love that about the cigar. Bravo, bravo. And it has um, like a really light roast kind of coffee note to it as well. A little bit of earth. Yeah. What do you pick up with it, Brett? Tobacco notes? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Tastes like dried out rolled up leaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, really good expression of Aganorsa leaf tobacco. Has the sweet and spicy characteristics of the Corojo. A mm -hmm. little bit of that Criollo backbone in there as well, so you get that earthiness, that little bit more body to it as well. Just a really nice balance between the two tobaccos. I prefer the Corojo a little bit more, and this uh, has a little bit more Corojo in it, especially being a Corojo 99 wrapper, so you get a little bit more mm -hmm. of that creamy, sweet, the spicy Corojo. characteristic yeah. of the Corojo. Yeah, baby. Now, <clears throat> you've got Rare Leaf. You've got Supreme Leaf. You've got the Normal Leaf. Yep. You know, the what they're calling it that now, the Validation line. Yeah, validation. 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 Uh, it's a lot of leaves. Now... This, for whatever reason, has really caught it, it. It is one of the fastest moving cigars that you guys put out. Mm -hmm. Yep. What makes this so hot? For me personally, I think it's really just it's a more intense blend than a lot of the stuff mm -hmm. in our validation series. It just kind of kicks things up a notch. Um, obviously, the limited nature of the product as well always helps. And I really think, I honestly, the packaging, mm -hmm. when I initially saw the packaging, I thought yeah. it was a prototype. 
Yeah. Like I, I didn't even think that was a real band. I'm like, I brought my I'm kid like, to work. Today yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm, like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, all right. Somebody's uh, going some flashy colors for the prototype band, but you know, but, you know regarding that, that way. I have to say, when people ask for it, they don't remember the name, but they yeah. remember the colors and the flashiness That's of the true. box. And they're like, you know that cigar that had this box? It was this color, orange and purple, I think. It was weird. And you know, it was awesome. It was the best cigar I ever smoked. I hear it all the time. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is one that uh, the boss has me on because when we first came out with Supreme Leaf, I was like, I saw the boxes. I saw the bands. Mm-hmm. I called up Terrence. I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is never going to sell. And then what happened? Mm-hmm. Like two months later, it's like the hottest thing on the market. He calls me up. He's like, yeah, what do you think of the packaging now? I'm like, I like, love it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never saying shit about packaging again, yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah, right. It's crazy. I mean, I, I can't remember how many boxes we got, but we're, here at Twins, we're almost sold out. Yeah. What it really is, I mean, when I saw it in person, it definitely made a lot more sense because the colors really pop in person. Yes. When you're just looking at it, a picture, it's kind of like, it doesn't really. It almost looks tacky. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It looks yeah. a little flat. When you see it in person, in those boxes, with the bands on it, the contrast, I mean, it really pops. It's mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to miss it in a walk-in humidor, and I definitely, obviously, yeah. if that helps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very true. Um, so let's talk about what we're having with it. We're doing the uh, uh, Clover Single Barrel mm-hmm. um, that's available at the uh, 724 Lounge. Um, Brett is enjoying the uh, Illy Cold Brew Nitro uh, with his cigar. Both excellent pairings. I'm really Purple. enjoying the uh, clover, and it's funny. The um, uh, I still don't. There we go. Oh wait, it was just before uh, when it wasn't on, right? I think so. It's going now. It's going now. There's still no. What happened? There's no audio. Well, he would. I don't know what he was saying, but he was saying there was no audio on YouTube. Well, we didn't have audio there for a second, so hopefully, yeah, that's, yeah. hopefully no, that's the part that, that he caught. That should be all. That should be all fixed. Yeah. Are you chatting uh, with some lady on your phone there, Pat? I'm looking something up. Where uh-huh. Supreme came from. Oh. Oh. Okay. Um. So what we're drinking is the. Uh, uh, clover now is this a, a whiskey a bourbon a scotch pat what's does the clove it's a bourbon it's, right it's uh yeah it's a bourbon yeah yeah and and it's funny that you know i've, I've had the clover that you can get in the store it's not near as flavorful as the single barrel that we have here at the, at the shop single barrel is very very good and it's I'm really enjoying how it's pairing with the cigar. You tried it yet? I'm about to right now. Yeah, it's just the. Um, there's a sweetness to this that really kind of uh, ramps up the sweetness of the cigar, uh, but there's also the spice in the bourbon is also picking that up too. So those wood notes, those spice, everything about the cigar gets amped up with the with the bourbon. It's really, really nice. I can only imagine how the, the coffee would go with it, too. Coffee goes with just about everything. If it's a tobacco, you drink coffee, you're going to have a great pairing every time. Whenever I drink the clove, I get like a kind of a sweet green tea leaf note mm-hmm. out of it. 
And then in the cigar, it's because you have like that little, little bit of spice. It's not a lot of spice in the clove. I think it's pretty mild when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's enough to kind of get your palate fresh and ready to go. Yeah. So then it opens up the cigar a lot more. It doesn't really change too, too much. And then unless it's the finish where I get like a more of a floral sweetness with the creaminess of the cigar, just because of that tea note that comes out of the bourbon. Mm. So what were you able to find out in your search? I couldn't. I was going to ask what Max and the Cubans means, because that's what the Ah. translation is. Yep. So Max is Eduardo Fernandez's son. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's actually next in the line, and he's uh, really getting very hands-on at the factory. He's always coming up with new blends, and he's really our big tobacco guy at this point. So he will be the next owner when Eduardo decides to uh, retire. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Cubans is basically that story is that when we started our operations back in the 90s, we brought over five Cuban agronomists, basically farmers, blenders, people that knew tobacco in Cuba. Our original master blender was Arsenio Ramos. He worked for Cuba Tobacco for 25 years. He was one of the blenders of Cohiba. Mm. So we brought over some guys with some uh, pretty good pedigrees. The Cuban Cohiba, not the general Cohiba. Nope. Siglo. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so that's where Max yeah. and the Cubans comes from. It was blended by Max big and difference. the Cubans. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I just said big difference. You oh, know, yeah, the, the, I got you. Between the, between the <laughs> Cuban and the uh, Dominican Cohiba. Yeah, slightly. <clears throat> slightly. Yeah, slightly. Yes. Difference. Yep. So how did you end up with Aganorsa, how long have you been with him now? So it's actually year five with Aganorsa now. Mm-hmm. Um, how I ended up at Aganorsa was uh, thanks to Mr. Terrence Riley. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to give him some accolades tonight, some props, unfortunately. We usually just bust his balls, but we can basically. Do uh, we can do that. He yeah, can take it. He can definitely take it, that's for sure. But uh started working with Terrence about, I think, it was probably about 10 years ago. We were together at uh, Casada Cigar. Right? Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, some things happened with. Uh, Terrence and the Casadas. I mean, nothing personal. I don't believe. I don't know the story, but he, you know, decided to so, yeah. decided to move on. Um, and uh, pretty much when he moved on, he went over to Aganorsa Leaf. Mm-hmm. Myself, I am a independent cigar representative. I do not work in house for a company. So pretty much, if somebody approaches me, I can sell essentially whatever I like to. Okay. Um, Terrence approached me once he moved over to Aganorsa Leaf. He said, "Hey, you know, we're looking for representation in your territory. Would you be interested in taking on Aganorsa?" Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. At first, I was. Uh, a little concerned. Yeah. At the time, it was uh, the only thing I really knew about it was great cigars. Nobody ever heard of them, and a ton of huge ring gauges. You know, yes. it was like the eight by eighty lunatic, and I was yeah. like, I don't want to sell that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. But Terrence convinced me. He's like, he's like, you're not going to regret this. Come on over. He's like, we'll make it work out. And he was a hundred percent right. This company we've absolutely <laughs> blown up. Um, every single year, you know, sales just keep on doing this. Yeah. Thanks to accounts like you guys. So. I mean, well, thank you. I mean, you guys make it kind of easy, though. <laughs> yeah, grown yeah. a lot with us. We're one of the fastest growing companies we we had last year. Yeah, I mean, with a brand like this, I mean, if you really think about how many companies are there within the cigar industry that are truly vertically integrated, mm-hmm. there's very few. Yes, that's true. And I mean, to be a part of that, I mean, that's one thing I really look for these days. If I'm looking to for a brand to take on my own portfolio, mm-hmm. is vertical integration or as close as possible to vertical integration because there's so few that really do everything. From seed to ash. Mm-hmm. Naganors is not just one of them. I think it's one of the premier examples of vertical yeah. integration in the industry. As you can see from all the tobacco that they sell to other manufacturers. Have so. they ever brought you down to their to see how their get up and everything oh, and yeah. how it works and all that? Yep, been down to Nicaragua. Hoping to go back soon. And one thing, you know, once you've been at a cigar factory, you've kind of seen them all. I yeah. Mean, 
Some of them are nicer than others, blah, blah, blah. Some have more rollers, some have less rollers. There's little differences in processes, but for the most yeah, part, yeah, you, yeah. Walk, you walk into the rolling gallery and it's kind of, you know, the same thing's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. The difference with Aganorse is really going out to the fields and the farms, seeing the agricultural side of the operation. Yeah, it's just mind-blowing. The amount of employees, the manpower, you know, still using ox and plows to till the land. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's wild to see. It, irrigation lines, everything like that. I mean, it's truly old world done still. Always hearing all that, you know, it always makes me wonder how they charge like ten bucks for a cigar, you know. <laughs> yeah, with all the the, the thousand, you hear that you hear that three hundred hands, you know, touch a cigar on average. Yeah. You know, um, a company like Aganorsa, I was just down at uh, Aladino. It was it was triple or quadruple that for for employees who work there. I mean, it was. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous the number of people it takes to bring this off yeah i think we have about three thousand employees yeah that's that's crazy that's crazy nuts yeah it's really just i mean we're talking 2500 plus acres of tobacco fields mm-hmm. you know different farms different regions locations i mean it takes a lot of manpower like i said yep. i can just you know picking tobacco sorting tobacco like one of the wildest parts one of the things that always stuck with me was actually the uh the sorting room mm. basically where we sort debane and classify tobacco mm-hmm. we went in there Initially, we got, you know, it's a large warehouse. There's yeah. probably 50, 60 people in there, and all they're doing is sorting tobacco and deveining tobacco. And it's basically, mm-hmm. you know, went to Terrence. It's like, is this a year-round operation? And Terrence is like, he's like, I believe it's only during harvest. And then our Eduardo stepped in. He was like, he's like, no. He's like, we grow so much tobacco that these people are literally nonstop year-round doing nothing but sorting tobacco leaves. Even though the harvest you know happens once maybe twice a year yeah it basically it takes that long that they're just constantly it's doing amazing. it year that's round that's nuts yeah that's nuts so what's you know you, you you've said and i was around when when agonors was you know start with jfr and mm-hmm. trying to get things off the ground i think i've known you since you joined with them yeah yeah definitely you know you know what's what's what was the biggest challenge with trying to get it into stores for you i would say the biggest challenge initially was that a lot of people had respect for the company that was never an issue right but along with that came a lot of people tried the product they would Mm. sell it in their stores because they knew what agonorsa was they'd heard about eduardo's reputation they knew the tobacco and the product was good Mm -hmm. the problem with that was that basically the infrastructure behind it wasn't there okay you know really like a sales force obviously like how do we sell the products like Mm. yes this is a great product can we just put it on the shelves and it's just gonna go on its own and that's what you always hope for but let's let's face it unfortunately that's typically not the case right there's got to be some sort of processes involved Mm -hmm. to really get a product going and you know the company really had no sales manager no sales force whatsoever when we came on board Mm -hmm. so that was so that made it tough in the beginning but on the flip side, that's a beautiful thing because we didn't have to worry about the quality of the product. Right, right. And it's, that's obviously a much harder thing to have dialed in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how, how good your infrastructure is. If the product isn't there, isn't available, yeah. if you're, you know, like you said, I mean, being vertically integrated is mm-hmm. so, it, it's, such a, it's such a key point that can separate you from your competition because if you're depending on three or four different other companies to make your boxes to make the bands to put everything you're just you've got all those different ways where things can break down yeah not to mention if there's an issue it can get corrected faster right you know Mm -hmm. hey what's harder you know setting up uh 
3,000 acres of tobacco fields, thousands of employees, three different cigar factories, or uh, finding a dozen numbskulls to sell the cigars for you in America. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one thing's uh, quite a bit harder to pull off than the other. So uh, obviously having that side of it already taken care of, and not just taken care of, taken care of to the extent that Eduardo does things. Obviously, uh, we were set up for success right. for sure. So obviously, Agonors is one of one of the highlights of your package that you you know of all the brands that you carry and stuff yeah, like that. What what is it that makes it a standout to you? What makes Agonors a standout from the crowd? It really, again, it's just quality of the product at the price point that it's at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, putting in those sales processes, you know, the things on the back end that you just don't see mm-hmm. that, you know, I think we've really excelled at over the last five years. I mean, that makes it much easier for you guys to sell it as well. Put it in the customer's hands. Uh, you know, you believe in the quality. So, I mean, those things make it obviously substantially easier. And again, even like, a, even if you guys aren't hand selling it, you know, somebody comes in, I mean, JFR 6x60 is still, you know, in a eight dollars msrp 849 yeah. msrp let's face it there's not that many cigars like that on the market anymore no so no there's so few cigars that are really good consistently yeah. good for under 10 bucks they're there but they're not near as many as they were before yeah and even like the validation series our new updated core line it's like yeah. most of those even the grand toro size 6x58 are around ten dollars which yeah. again these days it's like you know, when I first started selling cigars, the sweet, uh, sweet spot was like 5 to $7. Mm-hmm. Then it went to 7 to $9. Then it was like 9 to $11. And I feel like over the last couple of years through COVID, it's more like sweet spots like 12 to 15 Yeah. Like pretty much 90% of our portfolio comes in at under $12. So being able to get that level of a smoking experience, mm-hmm. that high quality of a product mm-hmm. at a price below the competition, I know it kind of takes the romantic side of uh, cigars out of it a little bit, but at the end of the day, high-quality product at a great price point. It's a uh, recipe baby. for uh, success there is what it is. Now, recently, you know, Agonorsa did a, a major restructuring of packaging boxes, you know, and you all went from 20-count to is it we, we, we still need to figure out the box counts. One, yeah, one day we'll yeah. get that figured out. You We're know. still all over the damn place on that. But. <laughs> now it's the specials are really well in the in the what is it? Fifteen count in the in the regular in the yeah. Series? So uh, the validation series is fifteen counts. The new anniversarios are ten counts, except mm-hmm. for the Lancero, which is a sixteen count. Rare leaf's a fifteen count. Supreme leaf is a ten count. Then uh, JFRs, 50 counts, 30 counts, Lunatic, 28 counts, 30 counts on the uh, the jackhammer size. So, yeah, we're still uh, all over the place we're on still uh, all box over the counts. Place on that. But the one thing that we do have uniform going on is we are getting the Agonorsa logo integrated into all the packaging. Everything looks yeah. much more cohesive. So, yeah. Has, that, has the logo caught on? Are people excited about it yeah absolutely i think you could really tell that with the validation series when we mm-hmm. you know repackaged that and relaunched that earlier this year so, you know we've had those same exact products on the shelves they might have been in different sizes but the blends right. are not changed whatsoever right so basically same exact cigar new packaging and we've definitely seen an increase in volume of sales for sure just yeah. from the revamp package that was uh what i was going to say is that, you know yeah they went from 20 count to 15 count the valid yeah sorry i cut validation. you off before validation yeah validation validation series but it seems like that once everything got uniform the sizes got uniform the boxes were uniform it just seemed to to move better just just putting the stuff in a, into a consistent packaging that would that popped yeah before it was kind of confusing because you know they all had that one core line agonorsa band but it wasn't really that easy to read agonorsa mm-hmm. on it 
Then they all had different secondary bands that, again, were, you know, different layouts. Like the Habano had that gold uh, bands. The Corojo had the black and gold, but a completely different design. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they didn't really look cohesive whatsoever. Um, then Connecticut was a 20 count. Habano was a 15 count. Corojo and Maduro were all 15 counts. But, again, the Connecticut was 20, and the sizes were all, all, over, all over the place. Like Habano had a Torpedo, a Short Churchill, along yeah. with the Robusto Toro and Titan. But then, like, Corojo was Robusto Toro Torpedo. There's no Titan. There's no Churchill. Then Connecticut, Robusto Toro Churchill, no Titan, no Torpedo. So it was yeah. just a bit of a mess. So now yeah. we're just Robusto Toro, Grand Toro across the board, 15-count boxes. And, again, pretty much the bands are exactly the same on all of them, same design, just different colors. Much easier to understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they pop, too. Yeah, they definitely pop. They, it, the boxes fit great on the shelves, too, which is also Yeah, absolutely. Plus. The 15 count boxes, I think, is like uh, um, awesome. So, like with with the rare relief, that's the like the rare relief. The rare relief. That's like a, it's such a that's huge a good next one, actually. I like that. It's Come such on, a rare relief. <laughs> rare relief. It's a, That'll be the next one. We yeah, came like, up with the next big Terrence. Did you hear it? No rare relief. Yeah. <laughs> Supreme relief. Supreme relief. <laughs> But it, it's such a good sell to, like, you know, people coming in for, like, weddings and stuff like that. Because yeah. I can show them like this. Or if you want to get something really good, you can get this. Because it's, like, you know, it's, like, 50, 60 bucks left in something that's a 20-count box. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, the price point makes the box buy very appealing. Yeah. Absolutely. Know? Whereas most, you know, I can, as, as I, you know, one of the banes of my existence in my position right now at Twins is doing all the, the price updates for as, as things come out. And so many boxes that were under 200 bucks have now gone past that $200 mark. And so to, to be able to get a box of cigars for 140, 150 bucks, you know, it is a big deal. You know, if, if you're buying it for a gift, if you're having it for a wedding, like you said, Dave, mm -hmm. to, for that presentation, for it to come in the box. You know, it, it's, well, it's to get easy, an award-winning, you know, cigar of the year yeah. for, for, like, less than 200 bucks, it's like, it's like a no-brainer, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I got a question for you guys. All right, sure. Mm. Not sure when the last time was that you smoked a rare leaf, but which do you prefer, rare leaf or supreme leaf? Oh. <laughs> rare leaf. Rare leaf? No. Yep. Uh, that was that was quick, Pat. Why did you uh, pick uh, rare leaf? I don't know. Just I've always liked it more. Um, this iteration of the of Supreme Leaf has been my favorite one. I Same. think it's because it's not box pressed. I don't know. I, I don't. Well, that's that. I don't that dislike next, box pressing. That though. was my. I, I'm a I'm a box press guy. I, I I like a box press cigar. Um, but for whatever reason, this, you know. Uh, round Vitola just really pops, and if it's the same, if it's the same blend, like you're saying, each each of these releases has been the same thing, just different size. Yep. This really, this really makes it pop, to yeah. me. I mean, I. Do you guys agree? Is this is this has this? It's been the be the fastest moving thing too. I feel like it's been the smoothest and the creamiest. Mm. I think it's me. been the spiciest. <laughs> On the retro hill, it definitely has a lot it, of intensity. I think it's been the woodiest. <laughs> <laughs> it's all around just awesome. Yeah. The two for me are definitely this one, and my favorite before that was actually the box press Bellicoso, which is, mm. for me, is odd because I am not a box press person, okay. and I am not a Bellicoso person. What but for some reason, that one just fired on all cylinders. Really, in the not to jump ahead of you, but pretty much the same way this does. It's 
it's very creamy. It's very smooth. It's very yeah. easy on the palate, but it still has that intensity Tons of flavor. flavor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yep. the retro hail is huge, huge on it. Yep, absolutely. The rare leaf is a little bit deeper flavor, and that tends to be more where my palate tends to go. So, you know, if I were honestly, if if you handed me this cigar and a rare leaf cigar. <laughs> I would have a very Came hard prepared. time saying which would I rather have. Yeah. I would super enjoy both. Other variations of Supreme Leaf, I would go this, you know, with without really thinking twice. Not not that it isn't a good cigar, I don't enjoy it, but this is more my palate. Yeah. But this this has something going for it that um this is the best thing for Maganorsa I've had in a long time. Yeah, I mean, for me, and again, very similar to what you're saying, I was always, I leaned a little bit towards Rare Leaf over Supreme Leaf. Mm-hmm. I think Rare Leaf's a little more subtle, a little bit more nuanced, where Supreme Leaf is definitely a little more intense, a little more in your face. Mm-hmm. Again, far from a strong cigar. It's not a, no. you know, it's not a 9 or a 10 out of 10 strength level whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, Rare Leaf for me just always... And the flavor on that thing, it's just so easy on the palate. You can smoke two to three of them back to back, just no problem. And the complexity in that cigar is absolutely excellent. But, again, now smoking this one in a Parejo form instead of box press, mm-hmm. might have to reconsider. I'm going to go back to my uh, rare leaf after I'm done with this. And, uh, rare leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go to the rare leaf. And, uh, I'm big on the fact that the rare leaf is regular production for selected retailers, so it's always accessible. Like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even like, it's rare. It's just released yeah. staggered, right? <laughs> if you yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well, when rare early it comes out. Rare, 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 rare. <laughs> like, I think when you do like a limited production cigar, it's easier to utilize better tobacco, I guess. Not that there's better tobacco in the Supreme Leaf than the Rare Leaf, but seeing that the Rare Leaf is as good as it is and it's something that we can get at all points, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's why to me it stands out. Yeah. more than the supreme leaf because yeah. you know they're always there and it's to me it's i mean we can all kind of ag- agree it's equal you know it's yeah, hard to kind it's, of choose it's a very between. good quality cigar yeah and and uh but it, it's been funny as as these things have come out <clears throat> each time we get it it seems to go faster than yeah. the time yeah before. there was a cult following for it you know and, and you know i remember when we put them out it was there were several people. There were people calling up asking, you know, has the Supreme Leaf dropped yet? We get those yet? wacky colored has boxes. Has the Supreme Leaf dropped yet? And, and, I, and I'm like, Is no, that fucking purple coming. thing showed it's up? Coming. Yeah, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. It's not ready yet. It's <laughs> and, and so the day that they dropped and, and got onto the shelf, I mean, boxes went right off yeah. the top. People were not buying singles. They were buying boxes of it. Yep. Yep. Um, absolutely. Yeah, you know. I think uh, this one, you know, having a full year off as well, I think mm-hmm. it definitely makes a difference in the uh, demands. I mean, Supreme Leaf, even Rare Leaf as well. I mean, obviously, like, these are items. So, not to jump ahead of myself, but for us at Agonors, it's not like we grow a ton of different tobacco. Right. Pretty much 99% of what we grow is two seed varieties. It's Corojo 99, Criollo 98. So what makes Rare Leaf rare is really that it's just tobacco from an excellent growing season that our blenders coveted. They're like, let's set this aside for a special project. Okay. It's not some wacky new seed variety. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't. It was a good season, yeah. Yeah, it was really just, like I said, our, you know, those Cuban agronomists that we brought over almost 30 years ago, like, this is excellent tobacco. This is stuff that's prime. We should sit on this for a while, save this for a special project. So that's really how we operate. Um, 
But yeah, again, like I said, there's really, you know, not, you know, some ridiculous, like, ah, uh, you know, this tobacco was, uh, you know, from Vietnam or something like that. You know? <laughs> That's why I like the rare leaf is because like a lot of brands will make their, you know, top shelf cigar and it'll be so different than like their origins. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, with absolutely. the rare leaf, you know, like when I, when I feel like smoking an Agonorsa, I want a certain profile. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I smoke an Agonorsa, I'm looking for that, but then maybe I want something with more nuances to it. So you go to like the top shelf option, which the rare leaf is still like 13 ish dollars. It's not a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you're getting those mm-hmm. core Agonorsa flavors, but then you're getting those subtleties that you're looking for when you jump the shelf, you know, to the upper shelf. And that's why I like it so much. You know, there's other brands where their top shelf cigar is different than the core line that I enjoy. And I'm like, what am I smoking right now? Yeah. But then with the rare leaf, it's like I'm comfortable, but it's also exploring at the same time. Yeah. One of the analogies that we use is basically, you know, we're a, we're a whiskey bar. You know, you go to a lot of bars and there's, you know, there's rum, there's vodka, there's gin, you know, there's craft beer, there's gotcha, wine. Gotcha. There's so much. So we just do whiskey. So basically you kind of know what you're going to get now. There's all sorts of different variations of that, ways we can change that up. But essentially you know what that backbone flavor profile is going to be. You know what you get. So that's really how we operate again, just using two seed varieties of tobacco. We don't have a ton of variation. Mm-hmm. So, but it's really just like I said, doing it the old world, old fashioned way of, you know, this tobacco from this plot from this season tastes different from, you know, a plot in a different region from, you know, somewhere else in Nicaragua, even though it's the same seed variety. We have almost infinite flavor combinations just from using really two different tobaccos across again. Mm. And then the question I had was um, the validation series. I know what validation means, but what is the val? Like, why call it the validation series? Like, what does that pertain? So we used to. Uh, oh, we still do it actually. Uh, <clears throat> or uh, actually, I'm not even 100 percent sure what Mr. Palmer's title is. I believe he's VP of the company. Uh, um, but uh, Paul, basically, whenever we would get a shipment in from Nicaragua, essentially, he'd crack open a box of cigars and he always smokes one. We call it validating. You had to validate mm-hmm. the shipment. Mm-hmm. So it it actually kind of became like a running joke at the uh the company because pretty much anytime like something new and like rare showed up yeah you know pretty much terrence and paul would you know snap pictures of them smoking it and you know text it to all of us and be like ha 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 you know we're validating a new product and you know obviously everybody in the facebook groups and the sales people will get pissed off yeah because they're pretty much just <laughs> you know, terrence does it every time with uh supreme leaf he smokes supremely for like a fucking month before they uh ship to retailers <laughs> so but again validating literally just came from essentially like i said when a new shipment comes in you want to validate the product so obviously you can't be down in Nicaragua watching every single cigar get made. So when it right. shows up, before you start sending it to retailers, crack open a box, smoke a couple, make sure everything's on the up and up, then you're ready to send. So we call that validating the product. And that's where the validation series came from because, again, it kind of became a running joke uh, amongst the, uh, essentially the sales force initially and then Agonorsa Leaf fans as well started catching on to it as well. So if you go on the uh, Agonorsa Acolytes Facebook page, you'll see a lot of people oftentimes posting up a picture of them smoking a you know, agonorously mm-hmm. product and be like validated. Mm-hmm. And that's basically I'm saying that, you know, play on the words, but pretty much I validated the cigar. There's enjoying agonorously products. That's where the validation series came from. That's cool a cool beans. story. Yeah. It's nice to see, you know, it, it's so often too, how, you know, you, when, when a company can take a, you know, either something that, you know, FedEx did it, you know, Federal Express, everybody was calling them, you know, FedEx. And now all of a sudden they've, they rebranded themselves that what people were calling them. So to be able to take 
the slang, the joke, or whatever, and say, "Hey, let's turn this into a brand." Kind of like United people, Parcel Service. People, people are doing it. People <laughs> yeah. are doing it for us, you know. And you know that's that's really cool. I love hearing that. Yeah. You know, it's like the company listening and and kind of owning the, uh, you know, what people are saying. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, I said especially coming from, you know, just seeing what it's turned into, you know, Agonorsa and fun things like validation. Mm. Not to knock out. It used to be, but before it was pretty mundane. Plus, you know. Casa Fernandez, and a lot of the scars said Miami on them as well on the band. Right, so I remember that too. People were like, oh, AJ Fernandez, I love those. And it's like, no, 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 it's not that. And then somebody would see one that says Miami on the band. Be like, oh, Miami Cigar Company, I love those. And it's like, no, 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 no it's not that either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so they were like trying to explain it to people. It, was, it simplified uh, everything so much when yeah. it became Agonor Salif. It was like, okay, now this is its own brand. Nobody, nobody else can confuse this with anything. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, on the, obviously, on the consumer level, most people had no idea what the hell Aganorsa was. Mm -hmm. But within the industry, pretty much everybody knew what Aganorsa was. So, mm -hmm. not the easiest name to pronounce. No. But from within the industry, it's a name that carries a lot of weight for sure. Mm -hmm. And then one of my last questions was, um, so our 25th anniversary cigar is a Corona. Yep. And I've realized in your lines, you guys don't, I mean, HVC is an exception, but it's something, you know, one of the private labels you guys make, but you guys don't make like a Coraline Corona. Nope. And after smoking our Corojo Corona, I'm like, why are they not doing this? I'm with you. I'd like to see, uh, <laughs> I'd like to see some Coronas for sure. Um, who Maybe knows? That, I mean, some could be the rarer leaf. That's I mean, the rarer leaf. leaf. Yeah. <laughs> it very well could come out at some point. I couldn't tell you for sure. That's uh that's above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. It is a natural size that if we were going to add another size, I think that's the size that we probably would add because we, like, the Robusto is almost kind of like a double Robusto. The Toro is a little large for a Toro. The Grand Toro covers a bigger ring gauge. I don't think we'd do validation series in, like, a 770 or something no, like that. I don't so see if we that. were going to add a fourth size, said you're probably not going to go, like, Lancero or, like, Petite Corona. So I think if they were going to add a fourth size down the road, it probably would be a smaller ring gauge format like that. Um, but, again, I'm not 100% sure. But it's got my vote, that's for sure. What did you like about the uh, Twins Anniversary Cigar? It's just, I'm a Corona guy, I don't know. I feel like it It just pops more. You know, like, again, like me, I like that kind of, like, on the retro, that spice. And mm -hmm. because you're getting more of that Corojo wrapper, you're getting that sweet spice more prevalent on that blend. I mean, I did smoke the Gran Toro the day I smoked the Corona. And they're both really, really solid cigars, and it's just, mm -hmm. and, you know, there's perks to each one, but mm -hmm. it's just the Corona, it's just, and it's so hard to make a good Corona. You know, like, there's a lot of, I mean, I, I read it, like, a year ago that the Corona is actually the hardest Vitola to make. Well, why is that? It's just the bunching and the size, the amount of leaves you need for the Corona. It's like, you need a little bit more than, I mean, a Lancero is the hardest size, but it's not something that anyone really practically makes, mm -hmm. you know? So when it comes to traditional sizes, I'll call it, the okay. Corona is the hardest one to actually make. Which oftentimes, like when I'm, if I really like a line or a blend, mm -hmm. I'll smoke the Corona and see how it smokes because mm -hmm. that's, to me, that's how you can really test the expression of the blend yeah. sure. and then see how well the company is. Because if they can make a really solid Corona, then, you know, they can do the Robusto, you know, the right, Coro. Right, right. If they can do the most difficult thing, then... Which is why it's, it's just funny that Agonorsa doesn't have Coronas because, like, that Corojo Corona is just phenomenal. And I'm just shocked, you know? Yeah, it is kind of funny because it's like, 
Again, going back to, you know, kind of how we got started, you know, bringing over so many people who actually worked for, you know, Cuban tobacco and obviously working with traditional Cuban style Vitolas, you know, a lot of Pantelas, Coronas, Double Coronas, Lonsdales, those kinds of sizes, you know, where Robusto is really almost their Gordo. You know, it is kind of unusual that we don't do a ton of those, you know, or at least more smaller ring gauge formats. Uh, Going back, like, I've only been doing this for a little over a decade, but I remember when I first started that the size that people would use for test blends and blending was a Corona. Mm. And now since, uh, unfortunately, we have to Americanize everything, everything bigger is better, now pretty much all test blends are Robustos and Toros. So when somebody's blending, they're blending in Robusto or Toro because it's easier to go down in size from there and easier to go up in size from there compared to if you're starting at such a small format. All right, you're starting with a 5x42, now let's turn this into a 6x60. Yeah, mm. good fucking luck. <laughs> so, so, pretty much uh, thanks to America, now we're, uh, for the most part, blending's done in 50 ring gauge. Mm. Speaking of that, what, what are the top-selling SKUs for accuracy for you? Oh, boy. <laughs> this is where it gets really screwed up. So, what, obviously... 7 by 70 lunatic? Um, that's, that's up there. So, obviously... on. Well, oh, I mean, it sold well here. You only have like two singles <laughs> left in the box to yeah. open. That's I believe actually. our top five skews. So within Agonor, so we do all the JFR product as mm-hmm. well and the Lunatic. So just for retail and Lunatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe those two lines have all five of our SKUs, uh, top five SKUs. I know number one and number two alternate. They kind of flip-flop back and forth. Mm-hmm. It is the Lunatic El Chiquito Maduro, yeah. which is a four and three-eighths by 70. And yep. the JFR Maduro Titan six by 60. Mm. Those are our number one and number two SKUs in the company. Mm. And the 8x80 is top five. <laughs> so 60, 70, 80 ring that's gauge are three of the top that's five. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. If I had to guess beyond that, probably Kuroho Titan is probably in there as well. It could be another JFR Maduro like Robusto or Toro or huge sellers as well. And again, it just goes back to what we were talking about before. It's a guy comes in. Hey, you know, I can buy... Two or three cigars for 30 bucks, or I can walk out with four or five of these, and it's uh, you're getting a high-quality product at a great, great price point. Guys, just grab a handful of them, and on the way they go. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Very yeah. true. It's definitely another thing we see with 8x80s as well. Like, you know, there's not a lot of people that smoke by 8x80s. But when they do, typically they come in, you'll see them a couple times a week, they grab three or four of them. And there's only so many 8x80s on the market. So it's a... Uh, Really only a handful of people that really drive the sales of that. But again, for the most part, that's all that they fucking smoke. So it doesn't yep. really matter. Like, you don't have to worry about that guy going to, like, try to get that guy a 6 by 60 He thinks it's, uh, you know, to us, that's, you know. Yeah, that's, that's his Corona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I say that's his petite Corona, freaking 6 by 60 like, what's this thing? I don't one one of the things about the JFO and the Lunatics that I've appreciated is before, so when I first started here about two years ago, you know, I looked at those cigars, and it was like, you know, like $6, and I was a new tobacco in it, so I automatically assumed, that sucks. <laughs> <'Cause it's laughs> right. And then um, Terrence came, and he did that. He had the um, the, the Fuma, Fuma, t- the Fuma t- tasting, yeah. Of, yeah, of the tobacco that's in the Lunatics, and I was yep. smoking those, and I'm like, I really like this, you know? And then I finally, I, I bought a Lunatic, and I, it was the... Um, Short Titan. Yep. Uh, uh, That's a great cigar, the Short Titan. Yeah, and I smoked it, and I was like, I'm never judging anything ever again. You know, like, it, it was phenomenal. And then the thing about, even when you go to the bigger gauges, I had a 60-gauge once, like the um, the, the Perfecto, like the football looking Oh, yeah, one. the uh, Locos. So yeah, I had yeah. one of those, and it's like, even though it's a big gauge, it still has that, like, 
full body, that nice spice, you know, like those like expressions you look for from Nicaragua tobacco. And it's I'm just it's impressive that, you know, opposed to like other 60 gauges I've had, it's like, you know, Aganorsa can really keep their flavor when they go in the bigger Vitola. Yeah. Yeah, it's really just keeping things simple, except pretty much when we do those Fumas, the reason that we do that is, again, you know, there's just two seed varieties that we grow predominantly in Nicaragua. Those two seed varieties are in every single cigar that we make. It could be a Connecticut Robusto or it can be an 8x80 Maduro, Corojo 99, Criollo 98. Those two tobaccos are going to be used in there in some way, shape, or form. So, again, I said just keeping it simple, it works. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely don't sleep on JFR. I mean, especially, I mean, that Corojo is... That's an excellent cigar. Um, I almost wish it didn't have the pigtail on it because that kind of gives it away. Because that's one of those cigars I'd love to take the band off and just mess with people. Be like, yeah, smoke this. Like, add yeah, some $15 cigar I picked up somewhere. You know, what do you think? And it's like, you could don't, oh, yeah, and, you know, that was a great fucking cigar. Yeah, it's six bucks for a Robusto. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Now, this week is also TPE, Total Product Expo. You would think it would be to Total Tobacco Expo, yeah. but it's not totally about tobacco. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I, I have not been to this one yet. I'm trying to avoid it as long as possible, but I think uh, next year I'll probably have to bite the bullet in its end. And go for it. Ugh. Now, Terrence is there? Yep, Terrence is there. Terrence is there. So what's you know is he showcasing anything special for agonorsa there or so there's nothing crazy new coming out we do have a couple line extensions i'm very mm -hmm. excited about so within the lunatic maduro line we're coming out with a seven by 70 and a mm -hmm. six and a half by 60. um i guess now those are somewhat traditional format sizes in the uh the american market mm -hmm. yes um, yes but uh you know two sizes that you would think you would have in you know a product line like lunatic like i said you know that's our number two line after jfr we didn't have you know a a regular standard 60 ring gauge we had the short titan but not mm -hmm. you know a 6x60 format which let's face it robusto toro 6x60 or you know that's that's basically it that's the trifecta right there yeah. so not mm -hmm. having a 6x60 huge um and again again we had the 70 ring gauge but short as well and mm -hmm. there's a big draw for 7x70s so we do well with the jfr 770s but we find a lot of 770 smokers want a stronger format Yes. And a lunatic has a little bit more pop to it than JFR does. So I think the lunatic kind of ramping up that strength and that body a little bit in the 770 format, especially at the price point. It's going to be 1049 for a 7x70, wow. and a 6.5x60 is 949. Wow. So killer price points, quality product. Those two should be home runs. Then uh, JFR Fresh Packs. Again, this one, telling you earlier, it's kind of yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, twenty four ninety nine for the JFR Fresh Pack. So it's a four pack of uh, JFR Toros. It's two Corojo Toro, a Connecticut Toro, and a Maduro Toro. Mm. Twenty four ninety nine retail. That's awesome. Yeah. So I had a question about the Fresh Packs. So I, it's just because <laughs> there's such a trend of Fresh Packs coming. Everyone's doing it now. You know, like so. And a lot of the companies started doing it during COVID. So why the fresh pack is it is it a attempt to have product be able to be sold at non b&ms like traditional tobacco b&ms since you know most like gas stations or whatever don't have humidors or is that merely a convenience for the consumer uh, i think it's a little column a a little column b um i'm not gonna lie when companies start first started doing fresh packs i absolutely hated them i you can ask Terrence. I fought with him on the phone numerous times about this. I'm like, don't do fucking fresh packs. I think they cheapen the brands. We saw some of the initial ones in the beginning really actually hurt some manufacturers. Yeah. Because, you know, you put a, you know, a four pack of, you know, cigars that are typically, you know, 12 to 13, dollars $13 and up. You know, that pack should be, you know, $50, $55 retail. And it's like, 
Okay, this one's thirty four ninety nine. It's like that's a massive discount. So instead of people buying that single for thirteen fourteen dollars, they're just buying the packs. Right. So you're kind of cannibalizing your own brand. Right. So I was never a big fan of that. Obviously, other companies absolutely nailed it. Perdomo. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a small discount in there, yeah, but a, for the most a part, discount. yeah. But for the most part, it's the convenience of I don't have a humidor. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to the golf course. I need four cigars. They're already in a humidified pack. This is perfect. So there's a convenience factor there. Um, for some manufacturers, absolutely. You know, being able to place it in C stores, I'm sure that was absolutely a thought by, you know, some of the juggernauts out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was. Was it Macanudo did those little individual, the single sleeve ones? Like, that's 100% a product made for C stores. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, it was more basically just market demand. Our brick-and-mortar retailers kept on asking us for fresh packs. So that's really the reason that we did it. Um, and, again, for us, it's not about really discounting the product. Like I said, even though that JFR fresh pack sounds like it's an insane deal, those are $7 cigars. So four of them would be $28 anyway. So, yeah, it's a couple bucks off, but it's not, you know, about, like, we're not deep discounting this to move this product. It's more just our retailers were looking for the product, looking for, you know, that item, a fresh pack. So for us, it was really just, uh, you know, well, the, the nice want, we're going to try to it, uh, accommodate a, them. When it's a variety fresh pack like that, where you have, you know, the, the three different varieties inside the pack, then people maybe try something that they wouldn't n- normally do. Yeah, that's the other nice part with it. And uh, this is one thing we've kind of gone over. It seems like different regions of the country, mm-hmm. some of them really do well with variety packs. Others do well with just four of the same cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see four of the same cigar because... Obviously, like I said, guy's coming in to go golfing with his buddies. Yeah. And it's like, ah, you know, this packet's got, you know, one Maduro in it, two Corojos, and a Connecticut's like, he just wants four mild cigars for him and his boys, you know, to go out mm-hmm. and keep the flies away on the golf course, man. So, <laughs> I, I wanna, where do you think that demand came from? You know, like, we're, like, again, from my experience here, I don't have, you know, people running in here asking me specifically, like, oh, does this brand have a fresh pack you guys can bring in? You know, like, you know, other with the exception of Perdermo, which I think dominates the fresh pack. Yeah, like they the, definitely Those do. things, it's its own animal. But, you know, like, no one's really come to me and been like, I really want a good fresh pack or I want, like, a nice. I mean, we, we do have people that get variety packs, but they're looking for, it's more of a gift thing. It's not yeah, like someone yeah, coming in buying for themselves. Thing, yeah. So, you know, like, when, if you know, when, when Agonorsa was being requested to do this, like, what was the feedback specifically? Like, was it? gift things was it people they just want like this they don't have humidors like yeah you know what i think it is it's really and again i think this kind of comes back to all of us kind of being cigar geeks like we look at it a little bit differently compared to you know really the silent majority of consumers mm-hmm. like let's face it 70 80 percent of consumers if not more are coming in just looking for a mild cigar they don't smoke that often they want convenience and those are the same people that for the most part aren't going to come up to you being like hey why don't these guys make a fresh pack they're just kind of like walking in there just like Somebody help me out. I just yeah. need a couple cigars. What's convenient? What's easy? Price point. And I think it's, like I said, more that majority consumer that isn't nearly as vocal as, you know, we are or, you know, the regulars that we converse with on a, you know, more common basis. So I think it's really, you know, your more casual smokers drive that. Um, as far as, I mean, I'm not going to lie, in my territory, I didn't have a ton of retailers coming to me and being like, Brett. I need a fresh pack. I'm going to kill it with these. It was definitely other territories were much more adamant about it. Okay. Um, it seems like <laughs> Texas, <laughs> for some reason, Texas <laughs> wanted fucking fresh packs. Uh, 
I can see Texas needing it just because there's probably such a problem with humidification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the the air is so hot and dry over there. Yeah. Wish I had a better answer for you, but again, in my territory, I definitely had some people asking me for it, but nobody was like, gave me a real specific answer, and it wasn't like overwhelming. Like, on occasion, somebody would be like, you know, when are you guys going to come out with a fresh pack? It wasn't like they didn't like really break it down for me. Like, you know, we took this cigar, put in a fresh pack, it's going to kill it for, you know, this reason. But. And then my last question of the fresh packs would be, so you said it's four of the same cigars in the fresh pack, right? So it's four JFR Toros. It's a Connecticut, two Corojo, and a Maduro. Okay, so. So it's a sampler. All right, all right. So that, that's different. I thought it was going to be four of the same cigars, and that would be a different, because I, I, I don't think, think anyone future does that. Uh, Perdomo does, the champagne packs. Oh, this yeah, but yep. champagne. But yeah. So, all right, yep, so never mind. Yeah. But I think that's, I mean, those... They fly. They fly. Yeah, they fly. Yep. Yep. They fly. I, I, I think you, you could, if you're going to do fresh packs, you might as well do variety and same, you know, same cigars. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> personally, again, I don't know anything about the sales end of things. I know nothing about it, but I would never do, like, like you know, for me, the champagne packs. Those mm-hmm. guys would buy four champagnes out of the box if they didn't have that champagne pack, yeah. in my opinion. So... It is a discount. You have to make the pack. You have to have to, you know, get the built-in humidification in the pack. You know, so that that's just me. But again, I don't know anything. Maybe it does upsell people because they think it's a bargain. They buy two more than they would have if they walked in the store. So I'm not sure. But... I think that's I think that's generally it. If somebody's going to buy two or three and they spend, you know, four or five dollars more, they get an extra cigar. They get the extra cigar. I think know. it's probably. The biggest thing that we haven't mentioned yet is probably brand awareness. Mm. So especially Perdomo, you know, those fresh packs, you know, they have the stand-up display. Yep. So let's face well, it. And I, then with the with, uh, are we getting with a the, nice little display? No. Along no. with the <laughs> along with the brand awareness, though, <laughs> the, then the person's carrying around the, that bag. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and you know if they take it to the golf course, you know, handing the people see that they see the the brand they yeah. see the bag a lot of people see... buy it once just to get the bag and they just keep buying it keep when they need another it. bag yeah. yeah so even if it ends up being filled like with i have a guy that comes in and just buys a few cigars every sunday and he just puts it in a perdermal bag that has no perdermals <laughs> in it you know i mean you think about it, it's like a lot of those customers are coming in, like how often do you see a guy come in he grabs one two three fresh packs and where he just goes right to the counter cashes out and leaves he doesn't mm-hmm. even go in the in the water. So that, that's the other thing I was going to say is most fresh pack people, like, that's why, like, it's almost fresh like that whole people. gas station kind of, yeah. you know, thought experiment is, is they just come in, they beam it right to the fresh packs, they pick them up, they check yeah. out, you yeah. barely have to even say hi to them. And if yeah. you say hi to them, they won't say hi back. <laughs> They're laser focused yeah. on the fresh pack. <laughs> We're in New England. We're not the friendliest bunch up Where's here. my dang <laughs> fresh pack? And then if mm-hmm. we don't have the fresh packs, God help us. Like, I, I got to oh. make sure I got to check my tailpipe on the way out of work, you know, like. <laughs> but here's the flip side of that. So imagine like. You mean uh, your cars. Tailpipe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You, oh, yeah, my cars. But, but yeah, my <laughs> I thought that would be assumed. That that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't have those it's fresh packs, podcast, so. what, what does that customer go and buy? So it's a casual smoker. Doesn't really know what he's going to smoke. He sees that fresh pack as he's going in, you know, 25, 30 bucks for four mild cigars. He's like, perfect. Just grabs it, goes to the counter and leaves. So that's an easy one. decision. No, but if, an easy decision. If, but if is, that wasn't there, what would he go in and buy? Well, he, he goes in going. and he buys four Perdomos and he just bitches about it no, being no, no, $3 no, so, more. So I'm saying, like, imagine that. So uh, 100%, again, going back to, the, like, the silent majority of smokers. So this is a guy that doesn't even know, like, what the hell Perdomo is. He comes in and, like, what are the brand names that he knows? He knows Macanudo, Monte Cristo, Cohiba. So, like, if that fresh pack wasn't there before he went into the walk-in, 
What's that guy going to go in and buy? He's probably going to walk out with four Monte Cristo whites. Or he's going to walk out with four Macanudo Cafes, Romeo Polis, yeah. something like that. But because you have those fresh packs outside the humidor, imagine how much market share could almost taken from, you know, those macro brands like that just by doing the fresh packs. So for them, it's been absolutely dynamite to be able to capture consumers. And that's where I was getting at, you know, with brand awareness. Because mm-hmm. I'd imagine a lot of people are smoking fresh packs. They're not guys that were smoking champagne before all of a sudden like, oh, it comes in a four-pack with a Bovida in here? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I got to have that. It's like, mm-hmm. no, nah, I think it's, for the most part, the vast majority of people that are smoking them are probably consumers that they did not have before. And, again, it's probably coming from, you know, really, you know, that lion's share, like I said, macro brands. Those guys that are coming in just going to yeah. buy, you know, your name brand stuff, mm-hmm. able to capture that smoke. And, honestly, those are the hardest consumers to capture by far. Outside of, like, the guys that only smoke, you know, Opus and Padron, you know, Davidoff guys are kind of in the same vein. But it's like getting that guy that, you know, only smokes, you know, once or twice a month. He likes smoking, but it's not, like, that big of a hobby for him. You know, he's not, like, on Facebook groups. He's not getting aficionado. Like, he has no idea, you know, what, you know, who the hell's Warp Cigars, who's Tatuaje, you know, Illusion, like, small boutique brands. He's like, he has no idea what any of that stuff is. And those are the far and away the hardest consumers to capture and again they at the end of the day they're still the majority of smokers out there as the casual consumer i said for us we definitely get wrapped up in you know our regulars guys that are coming in every single day yeah mm-hmm. they come in at events they buy boxes of cigars you know that's really what we get wrapped up in um but like i said that that vast majority of you know milder cigar smokers they're still just smoking those macro brands and, and i'm gonna unless those are Dan the hardest guys to switch over i have one more topic but. Please. So, <laughs> Agrinors, uh obviously is one of the, I'll call it like the, you guys are very vertical, so you guys are like a titan manufacturer to me, so you guys have a lot of tobacco that other companies utilize in their blends. So, the one that comes to mind is, for instance, like Foundation, the Almec we chose is our blend of the year, which to my knowledge has Agonorsa filler tobacco in there. If not uh, if not the Almec, then at least the Wise Man. I know yeah, it's Wise Man does. Wise I man. think Almec is AJ. It's AJ. All right, yeah, so, sure all makes so I'll take the wise man, for instance. Yep. So and I'm sure there's other lines out there, too, that use Aganorsa tobacco. I mean, yeah, I absolutely. think like like Kurt's like he partial owner of Syndicato. I think Syndicato uses yep. Aganorsa Yeah, some tobacco. of the Syndicato stuff we do. Yep. So a, as a rep, like obviously like Aganorsa and then the private labels is what you're selling, you know, like HVC. So w- what is your kind of thoughts on like, you know, say you're having an event and then somebody is looking for different options and like maybe like a syndicato or like a, a wise man comes to mind like obviously it doesn't really benefit you for your company's sales but it also indirectly kind of does benefit because they're using your tobacco so yeah. do you ever kind of get behind another one of those lines even though they're not under your umbrella or yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie there's not a ton of scenarios where i have felt i've had to go that route because i feel within our portfolio we kind of cover most of the bases so, like, if somebody is looking for one of those kinds of products that uses our tobacco, I can probably put them on one of our products because, again, it's our factories, our farms, our tobacco. So, for the most part, there's something comparable. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, any like, curveballs out there. Um, you know, the only thing I can think of, like, maybe, like, some of the older, like, Viaje stuff. Like, some of the older Viaje stuff was just, even though it was coming from us, mm-hmm. it was just, like, it was a fucking powerhouse. Like, things were just strong, man. Mm. Like, they're really strong, really peppery cigars. And I'd almost put that, like, in the same category. Like, there's a handful of cigars, like, when I'm doing an event, 
like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? You know, running a promo on Aganorsa, you know, the bullshit spiel that we got to give when you know, people come <laughs> the in. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, yeah. don't uh, think about that, Terry. <laughs> this is why we try not to just stand behind a table and do, hey, man, you know, hey. do a buy three, get it, you know, I'll give you another cigar for free. That's what why we. Aganorsa, dude. <laughs> mm. but, that's why we do the Fumas. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the customer in. It's but, the uh, rarer leaf. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but yeah, really, uh, there's only like a handful of uh, brands where like if somebody comes in, you know, like I smoke, you know, dab it off for drones. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not because I don't think that they wouldn't enjoy my cigars. It's it's pretty dumb to downsell a customer. Guys coming in to buy a handful of, you know, $40, $50 cigars. Hey, man, try this $7 JFR. Yeah, I think the uh, retailer would really love me for that. Yeah. Probably wouldn't be too fucking thrilled. Um, really, the you only do other have one... to be sensitive to that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, really, like the only other one is like La Florida Minicana is always a funny one. My guy's like, I smoke nothing but DL seven hundreds and diggers. I'm like, just go smoke those, man. Like, I got yeah. absolutely nothing like that. Great yeah. cigars. You know, just go yeah. grab some of those. I'm not even gonna bother you, dude, because we got nothing that's even in that strength profile. <laughs> and again, being 100 percent Dominican, it's just <laughs> night and day difference from what we do as a company. Um, again, getting back to the core point of you know. Your question, I, I don't think I'd have like I said, really much of an issue just putting him on something else, Aganorsa. Um, like I said, again, just because it's our factory's farm, similar tobaccos. Um, again, it's blended by somebody else, so there's definitely going to be differences. So mm-hmm. it's really going to be up to consumers, you know, figure out which one they prefer more. Like, Are you guys you- ever going to do anything like a, like a seconds, like factory smokes or anything like that? Um, now, we have some bundles. Uh, but nothing like seconds or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no plans for that. Uh, what about the other way? I mean, it, you know, it seems like the, the I see a lot of companies that have been around for a little bit all of a sudden trying to come out with a really kind of high end, so even if it's yep. a limited thing. I mean, you brought up Foundation. They came out with a Senator, you know, a, a 30 plus dollar cigar. Um, my father just came out with a. Forty dollar, you know, um, um, I want to say no. Lawn, to, yeah, Lawn, Florida Lawson Tillys. Uh, you have the nineteen thirty five, eighteen thirty five, no nineteen thirty five Monte Cristo. That's uh, considered like, you know, for that yeah, pop line yeah, as that's well. that's high end stuff, you know, and um, you know, so like with like with the uh, Antilles, you know, the, the average cigar is nine, ten, eleven bucks. Now they come out with a you know, 10, 10 year anniversary, it's, you know, 40 bucks. It, does Aganorsa, you know, have plans to do something like that where they take like a rare leaf or supreme leaf and they come up with the, here's the freaking best of the best. It's, you know, 30 bucks. How many people watch this show? Can I, can I let it fly on this one? Yeah, you can let <laughs> yeah. it fly. Sure. There's only like four. I'm not going to lie. People. Stuff like that is absolute bullshit. <laughs> you, you have a $10 fucking cigar you put in a coffin. Now all of a sudden it's fucking $40. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. There's, a, there's no, like, nobody's putting, like, some crazy, again, going back to tobacco. It's like, yeah. what, what are you putting in it to make it, you know, a $40 cigar? It's not just a knock on, you know, that one brand. It's anybody that's doing stuff like that. So this is why it's a little ridiculous, and this is why we didn't go that route. During COVID, when everybody was getting, you know, their government checks, like, there was a high demand for $25, $30, $40 cigars. It was kind of right. wacky to see. We had retailers asking us for expensive cigars. Mm. At the end of the day, we just... I mean, our anniversario, mm-hmm. trying, like, how do you up that? The cigar is mm-hmm. absolutely fucking fantastic. Same thing, like, Rare Leaf. It's right. like, how do we make something like that better until you're just getting to a point where, I hate to say it, you're really just bullshitting the consumer. 
This is $40 because we put it in a fancy fucking box. That's why it's $40. There's no different tobacco going in there. We're already using tobacco that's, you know, four or five years old. Like, there's not, like, you know, a tiny plot, like, somewhere out in, you know, Jalapa. We're like, oh, my God, this, you know, 100 square feet. This is, you know, God's gift of fucking tobacco right here. We got to charge, you know, $50 a cigar for, you know, the ones that are using these leaves. Like, that just doesn't fucking exist. So anybody that's doing stuff at that price point, it's like bullshit. Absolute bullshit. And so I'm happy we didn't go that route. What's what's the absolute most you think a cigar should be today? <laughs> uh, today. Good thing you put that uh, on there because, today. man, with the way prices have been going the last couple of years, yeah. the, uh, the mean, average you, cigar you is going to be 20 bucks real fast. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, a box that cost you, you know, $2 a few years ago now costs 8 I mean, you know, yeah. so obviously, you know, that packaging, you know, adds to the cost of the yeah. cigar. So I would say what's the highest that somebody what would, should go? What, what, what would you pay? What, what do you think is like a, a, a cigar? I mean, there are cigars that we have in the store, 120 bucks. Yeah. You know, what, you know, it, it, is, there, is there a point at which you're like, <clears throat> in, in your opinion, after this, it's, it's mostly marketing? Or do you, or do you think, and now I, I will say there, I'm going to say there are exceptions to that. But Marifel, I haven't had a Marifel, so I I, I can't. I've not had that one yet either. Now so Pat, looking had, forward to smoking it. I've never seen Pat was the happiest person. Pat's eyes. I've never seen Pat Pat's that happy. eyes were spinning like peas oh in a whistle. Now I know you 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 hear that phrase. I actually saw why it exists mm-hmm. because he he could not look in one direction mm-hmm. for more than a quarter mm-hmm. second. Mm-hmm. He, it was all over the place. He. I've never seen him ooh and ah over a cigar like that. Pat found his desert island cigar. It was it was it was better than sex. In that case, listen, I have no idea what he's using in it. Maybe it is. Hey, he's got tobacco that's twenty fucking years old and somehow still I has think the flavor going is on. Actually, twenty five years old. I think that's one Which of those is, things they disclose. That's pretty astonishing. So at the end of the day, if you have, this is where I was going to go with this. Mm. Is um like the best example I could think of to justify price point. Yeah. That's a high-end cigar that I can really think of off the top of my head. Would be something like Atabay, mm-hmm. just because tobacco substantially aged. The cigar is aged for how many fucking years after it's rolled? Three to five. Yeah, yeah. three to five years post-roll, which is just simply unheard of right. in the industry. It's obviously extremely high-quality tobacco. The packaging matches it. That to me is pretty much if you're looking for the closest thing to justify a really high price point. To me, that's you know yeah. that has the X factor, and yeah. that's really. Some of the only products I can think of, um, the only product line I can think of that really, you know, goes above and beyond. Um, I've never been disappointed with a Byron or Atabay. As far as, you know, yeah, it's expensive, but, y- you know, you're, they've basically been holding on to this stuff for 10, 12, 15 years for you, mm-hmm. you know. For me, it's and Placencia. Like the the Placencia is just yeah. Placencia is another excellent example. Absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, for for that price point, and you're smoking that six two for two and a half hours. You know, whereas if you bought like a, a you know twelve dollars cigar the same size, it's gonna last you an hour. Yeah. You know, so you get like that. I think that that makes the price point totally work for me. Yeah, but that's kind of funny. That's my level. No, like no, twenty one. That's where my cutoff is. <laughs> I just, I, honestly, I wasn't even thinking of like anything like in the, like that like twenty to thirty dollar price range. I was really just thinking like the really like over the top expensive stuff. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of stuff in that twenty dollar price range. I mean then you're talking obviously the Placencia stuff is top notch. A lot of Padron anniversaries. You're mm-hmm. getting in a twenty dollar price range. I would yep. absolutely agree. That's hundred percent worth it. Um, 
you know, these are just people that have been doing this for a really long time, really know what the hell they're doing. And uh, who am I to tell the Padrones that they shouldn't sell an anniversary for $25? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think then I would be speaking out of term compared to what I was talking about before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, with some of these other things. But yeah, like I said, uh, you know, $50 price point on, you know, some other stuff is just, uh, we're getting a little tough greedy. To, tough to we're getting swallow. a little greedy. So mm -hmm. I want to pivot one last question on my end, at least. Of course. Um, so COVID was brought up a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So a lot of companies, I think every company stopped doing any events or traveling and all the sorts during COVID. And a lot of companies used the money that they were saving from event swag or the travel towards something like, you know, like for instance, like Drew State did the freestyle live yep. online. They started putting all that money towards. So what was Agonosa's focus? Obviously you guys came out with a rebrand. So I'm assuming that was a portion of it, but what what was your focus during COVID when you guys couldn't really be, you know, front lines? So this is probably not the answer you're expecting. Um, pretty much for us. So the flip side to Agonorsa as a company is that our sales force is 100% independent reps. So when your paycheck every month comes from 100% commission, stuff you sell, I was off the road for like 10 days during COVID. Mm. Otherwise, we literally kept working retailers that would let us do events we kept on doing events during the first year of covid my sales were up over 40 percent from the year prior because so we stayed out there on the road we kept on working other companies completely shut down kept their sales force off the road so for us it wasn't you know infrastructure you know type things you know where we're changing bands changing boxes for us it was everybody else is no offense sitting on their ass staying home we're gonna keep on fucking working because Honestly, I think that's just kind of our mentality as a company to begin with. Yeah. And the flip side of that is, again, you know, all of us are independent reps. If we're not selling, we're not getting any money. Like, we're not going to keep on getting a paycheck from our companies. You know, we're like, hey, you know what, guys, COVID, you know, stay off the road. But, you know, we'll keep, we keep you on the payroll. We'll be all right. You know, just work the phones, call your guys, see what yeah. you can do. You know, that's one thing, you know, bringing up the Drew Estate, the freestyle live. And that was absolutely genius what they did with that. And that was mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely huge because that's a company that really kept their sales force off the road. Yeah. Yet continued a growth tra uh, trajectory. Yep. Whereas I think, hey, you guys saw it during COVID. You know, I've kind of heard some pretty wacky numbers out there. I, I think during COVID, the industry as a whole might have grown. You know, like twelve to fifteen percent. Mm -hmm. So pretty much like, I think a lot of companies just kind of rode that tide a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're just like, hey, you know, we kept on growing anyway. Like it's fine. Mm -hmm. Whereas. If you were out on the road, like we were, like I said, in my territory, we were up over, I believe it. If it wasn't 40, it was right there, I mean, percent over the year prior, that first year of COVID. Cause That's crazy. We just kept on going, man. Like I said, I, I probably did the most events in my career. <laughs> the, During COVID. The, the, the two COVID years. We're doing a freaking <laughs> ton of them. So on the other <laughs> Nobody end, else would though, do them. On like the devil's advocate, like say you had somebody that was like genuinely concerned about COVID. Yeah. Like, would they perish under Agonorsa not meeting those numbers? Or was there something in place set up for them? <laughs> Luckily, the sales force is pretty young, so we didn't have to cross that bridge. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's a little cutthroat out there. So, uh, yeah, if somebody decided to uh, stay home and uh, not do their job, uh, unfortunately, somebody probably would have taken their place. Yeah, I mean, you shed light on it. Like, it is good that you guys are out there because I know, like, you know, at Twins, like, with the lack of events going on, like, we really were looking for stuff to do in yeah. place of the reps not being able to come in and actually mm -hmm. do anything. So, yeah. 
it's it's good that you guys have the mentality of you know like to me it's like support the B&M like obviously it's benefiting you guys personally with yeah, your sales but it's also benefiting the B&M because we're lacking you know events yeah you know so having you guys visit us and look at the facings and do events and help sell like that you know that was huge in that period for us as well so. yeah it was really like the first like three months or so mm-hmm. where i was doing like a kind of like dumb events like here and there just kind of like standing behind a table everybody's you know staying you know standing 10 feet away just you know throwing cigars at them <laughs> yeah. yeah after that though i mean especially i mean it's up here in new hampshire like we didn't really shut down for that long it was really just three four it months was, after yeah. that we were kind of off to the races again mm-hmm. um i think on flip side to that let's face it a lot of uh cigar shop owners are uh pretty right-wing people that were like uh pretty business savvy that you know were mm-hmm. willing to figure out ways to you know make things work despite what was yeah, going on so. anything happened really... in nicaragua during it or so <laughs> so nicaragua shut down for two weeks one of the weeks they always shut down anyway it's a holiday week other than that, Nicaragua pretty much was business as usual. Um, they put up some plexiglass dividers, things like that. People wore masks in the factory, but otherwise, again, kind of like the same thing as us. For them as rollers, if they're not making cigars, they're not getting paid. So pretty much the operations had to continue. Um, I think that's why you see in Nicaragua, you know, if you look at the uh, export numbers um, from Nicaragua compared to Dominican Republic, like when I first went to Aganorsa, Dominican Republic was uh, exporting more cigars to America than Nicaragua was. Mm-hmm. Now I think Nicaragua has them outnumbered two or three to one. So, and again, talking about COVID, like Dominican Republic basically shut down for the better part of a year. And then after that, they were at 50% capacity for a long amount uh, yeah. time after that. So, again, it's not, you never want to downplay something like COVID. Obviously, it affected a lot of people. But the flip side of that was, obviously, if you could keep working, there was, uh, there was upside there for sure. Right. And I know that, like, Nicaragua has had a lot of labor issues. Like, for oh, instance, yeah. like, Perdomo, which is historically a very retainment company, has been losing a lot of employees. Has Agonorsa seen that kind of flag as well? Yeah, so we've been pretty lucky with it. Um, what it was was a lot of people saw the opportunity to come to America. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, that's really what it was. It was immigration. Yeah. Uh, let's face it, the border laws were pretty uh, relaxed, and a lot of people made a run for it to get to America. Um, so that's where he lost a lot of rollers. Uh, beyond that, I mean, really, again, talking about how many more cigars are being made in Nicaragua now, I, it's not like, uh, you know, a hundred new rollers are showing up, you know, every month, to you know, pretty much, you know, provide the demand for, you know, right. uh, rollers. So <clears throat> we said, we're kind of dealing with a finite resource despite, you know, the increase in demand. So it's absolutely an issue. Um, that's definitely a part of where you're seeing your price increases come from on cigars. I mean, a lot of it's definitely labor. Yeah. Um, I'd say the two biggest reasons that you're seeing the massive price increases, not massive price increases, price increases across the board and on cigars really from anywhere is, again, labor costs are increasing substantially. Mm-hmm. And then freight costs were just absolutely through the roof. Yeah. Like your typical container pre-COVID was five $6,000 to get it to, uh, you know, get it to Miami from Nicaragua or Dominican. Mm-hmm. Now it's like $25,000, $30,000 for a container shipment. Yeah. So... Now my last cost. actual question <laughs> is my last last question since America was brought up is I know that <clears throat> Aganorsa has a Miami cigar like the event cigar you guys were doing. Yep. Um, is there any other cigars that's rolled in Miami or is it just that one? We used to roll more in Miami. Um, basically our rollers were they're all quite elderly. Uh, we only have one left. Um, all of them were originally rollers from Cuba that came to Miami. 
uh, all extremely skilled, but we only have one left now. So she really just does the event cigars. And she actually does a lot of the Fumas, which is almost criminal having such a talented roller doing Fumas. Mm. But she's an amazing roller. Um, but Anniversario used to be done in Miami. Um, Aganor Salif Maduro and Corojo used to be done in Miami. Um, pretty much everything's in Nicaragua now, though. Because, again, we literally we're down to one roller in Miami. So pretty much what she does is, you know, people come by the factory, you know, the, not the factory, the warehouse. Yeah. You know, she's still in there working. It's part of the experience. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you want to smoke a fresh rolled cigar, mm. you know, from a, I think she's, whatever the Cuban roller scale is. I can't remember what the top tier is. It's either level seven or level nine Torcedor. Mm. And she's the top level roller when she was uh, in Cuba. Mm. So, I mean, she absolutely knows what the hell she's doing. It does it the old fashioned way where she does the bunching and the wrapper. Um, so he said, it's really cool experience having her down there. So fun watching that stuff. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But as far as an actual like manufacturing operation in Miami, not so much anymore. Cool. All right. So we're just about at the end of the show here. What's, what's the final thoughts on the uh, Agonorsa Supreme Toro? I feel like it's gotten creamier, uh, and sweeter, um, with the pairing. That's, Mm. I've actually like, uh, I've had to remind myself to take, some of the the beverage just because <laughs> i'm enjoying the cigar so much how about you pat it's a phenomenal cigar and you know past years i've smoked it i've enjoyed it but again like the rare leaf for me has always been kind of what i'm looking for mm-hmm. and it's not that i understand the hype of it but it, it's it just wasn't really something that i would buy like you know a box worth of singles to smoke when you know when i'm here or, you know sitting at the lounge but like this iteration of it being in just the regular Prio Toro, like it's it's phenomenal. It's a really good consistent cigar. You get those, I'm calling agonosa flavors, like the nice mm-hmm. sweet, spicy, a little bit of saltiness. You get mm-hmm. like those kind of floral Salt. notes out of it. Again, like that kind of brown sugar and like that kind of nice coffee note. So it's really, really good consistent cigar. And the construction <clears throat> was perfect on it. Even burn, nice, perfect draw. Mm-hmm. And it has a closed foot, which I wish the rare leaf had a closed foot on it, but, you know. I'll uh, talk with management. We'll figure it out. <laughs> now, that would be the rare leaf. Yeah, the rare leaf. The rare leaf. What'd you guys do with this? We closed the foot. <laughs> it's now $30. It's now $30. $39.99. comes in a cardboard box. comes in a fresh box. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> The rare, rare fresh pack. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Bovita packs aged 10 years. Yeah, I'll probably be getting <laughs> some phone calls in the fucking morning. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Well, this, is, this has been an awesome cigar. This is the fourth or fifth one I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, all really good. The, the flavor profiles you guys are talking about, totally picking up. Went great with the clover. I thought the oh, clover yeah. was a, a really, really good pairing. Yeah, with it was it. a spot-on pairing. Um, Very complimentary. Yeah. Brett, thanks for being with us tonight. Yeah, this was thanks a great conversation. Yes. Hope you come back. Absolutely. When when the uh, uh, rarer leaf comes out. Well, maybe the, maybe the rarer leaf is the, the twins' twenty fifth anniversary. Yeah. Or when it, when that's after it's finished resting in the in the humidor and it comes out for sale, maybe yeah. we can have you back. We'll get the uh, sharpie out and just write rarer on all of them. Problem yeah. solved. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm really looking forward to that. version. Yeah. <laughs> Put the price up five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody that's our show for tonight thanks for being with us and uh, we'll see you next tuesday eight o'clock and that's not just blowing smoke you've been listening to not just blowing smoke 
the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down smoke.